I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant man. Committed to him in everything I do believe he'll come again. And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham. And I want to talk a little bit about his conquest. Colossians chapter 2. gives us a glimpse into it, as does Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to read them real quick, and then I want to talk about them just for a little bit. And I want you to get an image in your mind. Colossians chapter 2. And verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Boy, we could stop there and preach for a week, but, but, but that's not the assignment for today. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of the death, uh, the power of death, that is, the devil. That word destroy literally means brought to nothing. Amen. Zero. Oh, Absolutely nothing. Now, go back, take some, take some time and study. Go back and read Psalm 22. Psalm 22, David prophetically was speaking about Jesus on the cross and in hell. It starts off, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In an amplified classic version, it ends up, it is finished. It's what Jesus laid hold of while he was on the cross. Was that Psalm 22? Go back and study what I'm about to tell you and, and tie it in with these scriptures. Jesus, God, shed his own blood this time for this covenant. This isn't man's blood. This is God's blood. Every, talking about the crucifixion process, we're going to start there. Every stripe on his back was for your healing. Every one of them. Yes, Jesus. Every one of them was for your healing, for my healing. Every single strike. Then they hung him on that cross. The crucifixion process itself, physically, 
was excruciating. It was designed to be as painful as it could be. From joints being disjointed, the way it affected the internal organs and the lungs, everything. Agonizing pain. But here's the part. That was just the physical aspect. The Bible said it pleased God to put sickness and disease on Jesus. Only man God ever made sick. Only one. But he made this one sick. The flip side of that, though, is Jesus took it by faith for you. God put it, Jesus took it. (laughs) But in that process... supernaturally sick and diseased. On top of the physical anguish of the crucifixion itself, now supernaturally these sicknesses and diseases start coming on his physical body. Every sickness and disease. Go back to Deuteronomy 28 and look up the curses. Try to imagine, you can't do it, But try to imagine one single human body with the mumps, the measles, skin cancer, tumors, blindness, all the way down to toenail fungus. Every one. I don't recommend you do this, but go to a medical sickness and disease dictionary and look up all... Of the sicknesses and diseases because every single one of them was on one individual human body. And more than that, because Deuteronomy 28.61 says all of them not even contained in this book. Known or unknown to man, hasn't even been discovered yet, were on that body. One single body. That's why the Bible says his visage no, no longer even looked human. It was so grotesquely deformed from every sickness, every disease, every skin disease, cancer, every cancer you can imagine, every lung disease, every heart disease. It says in Psalm 22, his heart melted, it was poured out like wax. All of it. But even that's not the worst. Jesus had always been with his father. As long as time existed, they were together. The the closeness. But now, God turned his back. My God, my God. He referred to him as God. Other times he referred to him all through the scriptures as Father. That's right. But now it's my God, why have you forsaken me? Separation took place. And his spirit went into hell. Deeper than any human spirit has been before or since because he suffered every sin. Everything you can imagine and everything you can't imagine 
where sin is concerned. He suffered it. And his spirit, so emaciated, so sick with sin, and it's in the depths of hell. And the Bible says every demon in hell piled in on top of him. Chewing on him with their teeth, it says. For three days, three nights, the spirit of pride himself thought, I won. I got God in the depths of hell. Pride himself. Yeah. And this sick, emaciated spirit, basically a puddle in the caverns of hell with every devil and demon piled on top of him. For you, for me, for our spirits, our souls, and our bodies. Oh, but then, this little spirit down here in the depths of hell, and El Shaddai says again, he will be a son unto me. Again, I will be his father. And thou, O God, your throne is forever. And the power that backs our covenant shot down through the depths of hell. And it hit that spirit. And that spirit got up, bless God. And there's demons flying off of every wall. And he walked over to pride himself who just moments ago thought he'd won forever. And our Jesus, our Jesus, walked over to him and he grabbed the keys to death, hell, the grave, your sickness, your disease, and he ripped them away. And he made Satan crawl in the very dust of the pit of hell. And pride himself bowed his knee to Jesus, our Savior, bless God. And then he laid there in a heap. And watched El Shaddai raise him up. And now, I want you, and it's just, I, I'm, having, I'm having to submit to the, the pastoral authority here. I want you to keep that. Stay right yes. here, stay right here in this place. Meditate. What we just talked about. And I have to turn this back over to Miss Pastor Cheryl here in just a minute. But keep that through the through the what we have to do here next. Keep that image in your mind. I'm gonna come back in just a few minutes 
and I'm going to do a couple more minutes teaching on where we go from here. Yes. But yes. keep that image. Keep that image burned into your thinking and meditate on it until I have an opportunity to come back and finish this up. Glory to God. Don't you go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Stay right there. You can say the name of, say, a favorite grandmother. And when you say her name, you immediately, you don't see uh, the spelling of her name. You see her. And most likely you see her in her favorite setting, doing what she loved to do. Like make your favorite pie. (laughs) And you see her doing that. Well, you can find a few people still who were in the middle of World War II. And you can say, I've already said it a few times, you can say the name Hitler and immediately they have images. It it elicits emotions and thoughts. And if they haven't dealt with it properly, hatred. They see it. They don't see H-I-T-L-E-R. They see what they experienced. When we see, when we say the name of Jesus, <laughs> Satan relives everything we just talked about. He experiences the shame. He experiences the defeat. The utter destruction of his kingdom it's all fresh it's all like it's it's happening again let's just say it. Jesus Jesus glory to God he sees his defeat but then he sees this is pride himself just a few minutes ago he thought he'd won everything and he sees El Shaddai raised Jesus up. But then he sees him raise us up. And then without, he can't do anything about it. He can't do a thing about it. He sees Jesus go and tell the disciples. He said, you go. You go into all the world. You preach the gospel. And in my name, you lay hands on the sick and they will recover because he already taught them in John 14 whatever you ask in my name I will do it all the disciples were standing there including Peter go with me to Acts chapter 3 And we're commencing to almost possibly wrap this up. Peter, as did all the disciples, standing there, they heard what Jesus instructed them to do. And Peter did exactly that. 
in Acts chapter 3. Verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple in the hour of prayer being the ninth hour or 3 p.m. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Now, wait a minute. He qualifies. He's not in the temple, right? He's at the gate. So that includes all the world. So this instant, this particular instant, we're talking about outside the church. Okay? Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asking alms, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him, with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive. That's huge. Yes. He was expecting to receive yes. something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Peter had something. He owned it. It was his. Such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand. He put his hands on him. And he rose up, jumping and leaping. And it caused a big stir. <laughs> and Peter had to explain in verse 16, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Faith in the name. How do you get faith in the name? The same as you get faith in everything else? By hearing the word of God, which you did today. And you need to go find more messages on the name and yes. study and hear and hear and study and let faith in the name rise up. Now this caused a really big stir. So Peter had to explain it even more in chapter 4. And in verse 10 he says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this was done. And he goes on to clarify, though. Now, what are we talking about? What just happened to this man? Was this a healing? Or, you know, did he, did he preach the gospel and get him born again and, you know, baptize him in water and, you know, and all that kind of stuff? We're talking about healing, right? Yes. This was a healing incident. Yes. Peter says, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, healed. You can just as, whether it's healing, prosperity, but you can just as well read that scripture, whereby we must be healed. Now, we saw an example here. Go with me to James chapter 5. We're two scriptures away. Then we're going to have some, uh, we're going to watch El Shaddai show out. I got so excited. I know James is in the New Testament. James chapter 5. Now, who's he talking to here? The church. Right? All right. We're talking to the church. Now, here we were talking about someone out at the gate. Now, we're talking to somebody in the church. 
Is there any sick among you? Now, pastor, how many churches do you think you could go to where you would have to ask? Is, is, is there anybody in here sick? Anybody at all? Why? You're named with the name of God. You shouldn't be sick. But if there is any in the church, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith in what? He just said the name. Anoint him in the name. Faith in the name. So now we've seen it operate outside the church. Now we've been inst given instructed to operate it in the church. Now let's look at the principle that makes it work. Romans chapter 10. And this is the last scripture. Romans chapter 10. And everybody knows this as a salvation uh, passage, which it is. But it goes on to say why that principle works. For, because, in verse 10, because with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto healing. Unto healing. And everything else in the salvation package. Amen. Deliverance, protection, recreation of the human spirit. Now look at verse 13. For whosoever, stop right there. I want to see the hands, I'm going to change this up on you. I want to see the hands of anybody that does not fit whosoever. I'm glad because we were about to have to have a different prayer line. <laughs> Whosoever, inside, outside, yeah. under the church. <laughs> Whosoever qualifies. <clears throat> Yay, me too. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, healed, but don't shout quite yet, that word call, oh what a nugget, in, he, in Greek, that word call means to invoke, invoke means furnishing authority. It means to put into legal effect. It means to enforce. It means to put in to operation. Peter went up to that man and he invoked the name above every name. El Shaddai conferred after his conquest in hell, Philippians tells us he conferred, he gave him a name that is above every name that is named. Ephesians says not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. 
There is no other name. There's no name of cancer. There's no name of heart disease that even... It, it, the, Jesus! Jesus! The name that contains... The seven redemptive names of God. They'd already been named. But they were revealed... Like a rose opening up throughout the Old Testament, revealing the full rose in the New Testament. They were revealed to times, to people in particular places, particular times. This person, they, they knew him as Jehovah Rapha. And, and, and then over in Psalm 23, he's Jehovah my shepherd. <sighs> but now, now there's a name that has revealed all that God is at one time in one name and it's the name of Jesus and we are going to invoke the name of Jesus right now if any of you have sickness or disease symptoms in your body and you are ready to invoke the name expecting to receive something get up here right now the name, the name. The Diamond in Your Household of Faith is a must read for every man and woman, married or planning to be married. Dr. David Weeder writes in great detail to help you understand the worth and value of one of God's greatest gifts. He takes complex biblical truths and makes them easy to understand for every reader. You'll learn not only how valuable, but also how strong the virtuous, prudent, and good wife is in the sight of God. It elevates the woman to a place of honor that her Heavenly Father intended. David Weeder breaks through incorrect religious doctrine by allowing the Bible to interpret the Bible and bringing context to scripture references often void of it. It is only through this truth that we can truly be powerful and effective in our prayers and entire lives. Find out the secret to a healthy, amazing marriage in the diamond in your household of faith. Order your copy today at davidweeder.org. Thank you partners and friends for helping make these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, be sure to follow us on Instagram, and you can also listen to our broadcasts on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380 to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner. Mama,